Welcome to Mountain Page Musings, broadcasted from Mountain Page Theater in Saluda, North Carolina. I am your host, Sam Woodbury. And I am your co-host, Ashley Sandall. We are here to talk about everything in the Southern Blue Ridge. And interview all of the coolest people in our area. So settle in for Mountain Musings. Welcome back. This is um, episode number seven and our fourth interview uh, for our Accomplished Women of Saluda series. Today we are here with Debbie Thomas, who opened and owned the Wildflower Bakery in Saluda for 43 years. She opened it in 1981. Um, So we're here to talk with her today and... Um, we've got Sam here, as always, our host. And Sam, go ahead and take it away. How are you doing, folks? Uh, we're lucky to have Debbie Thomas with us today. Uh, I was wanting to uh, talk to some of the uh, elder statesmen of uh, this series, meaning uh, mainly that the people that have been accomplished for a long time. Uh, Debbie, welcome to the show. Thank you. And uh, we'd like to start off with uh, where were you born? I'm from the Midwest. I was born in Kokomo, Indiana, and uh, graduated from Indiana University. So I was there for a good long while, and um, family was all back that way. But my husband Dave and I just decided to get a camping uh, camper on the back of a truck and hit the road and travel and see some of the country and just end up wherever we ended up. Well, uh, to backtrack a little bit, did uh, you ended up having a bakery. Did you have any cooking aspirations as a child? Did you help your grandmother oh, or your mother? absolutely not. My mom was a fantastic <laughs> cook and didn't really, there were three of us girls, didn't really want us underfoot in the kitchen too much, and I absolutely detested home ec. But... Um, <laughs> I worked my way through college, so I always had a job and took a full load. Uh, and then you hit that senior year. I was in, in education, and I was taking classes and student teaching and kind of hard to find a job to work around that. Sure. So I had the brilliant idea that I would bake bread at night and go take it, deliver it to my customers in the morning, and then go to class. Wow. So I... So how did you just teach yourself? I did. Oh, wow. Self-taught baker. Yes. No formal training ever. Well, you know, a lot of times uh, trial and error works and uh, you figure out what tastes good and what doesn't. Right. Yep. So when you uh, went on your uh, journey uh, with your husband, uh, did you take a circuitous route to the mountains or did you... you know, just hit the road for a number just of months. Just hit the road for several months and um, ended up, it was actually getting on towards winter by then, and uh, we decided to find a place to stay for the winter other than camping. So it was kind of a just circumstance that we ended up coming through Saluda on our way to look at another place that was available. Saw that little, it used to be Nelson Real Estate on Main Street. Oh, we with thought, the little rock building? Yeah, and we thought, oh, yeah. Well, we'll see if they have anything. And I popped in there real quick. And across from where the library is now, the little greenhouse that is long gone now, 
was for rent, and we ended up there. Oh, was it beside the rock where the mm -hmm. real estate office is? Yes, oh, okay. that little stone building yeah. on the corner. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, Corinne uh, told me that, that 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 used to be a real estate okay. office, and I, I was like, wow, that little tiny cubicle. I know that's, but we we had never been here, didn't know anybody at all, and had this strange. Uh, first reaction to it as if there were all older people here or we began to feel like maybe we were the only people that were under 40 but um, <laughs> once once you met one you met a lot of them. now has uh, uh you were post interstate opening weren't yes. you so no 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 interstate had not quite opened when yeah you still out. had that little section left that the that the grave was was having yes. trouble uh, uh right making uh uh, stable, so you still had a, a little bit of traffic coming through town. That—that's what I was uh, right. Yeah, I to. suppose we did. And so, you know, I—I I think about it, and yes, I was born and raised up in the Midwest, but this is home. I mean, this feels like home. Mm -hmm. Well, I find that Midwesterners are, are very similar to the people in the South in terms of uh, accessibility, friendliness, uh, and, and down to earth. That's what I've uh, you know, experienced most of my life anyway. I thought it was funny after we'd been here just a short while and somebody said, you've got the strangest accent. Where are you from? And I'm listening to you all down here thinking, <laughs> I don't have an accent. Well, I had a lady from Michigan one time say, oh, well, I don't have an accent. You have it. I said, we all have accents. Yes. Just, and that's the beautiful stew of America is uh, having and, and hearing all the different things. Yeah, for sure. So did you uh, find jobs? Uh, yes. Um, Dave had been in, in the plumbing business up north, but he started out working with... Uh, real estate guy doing land surveys. Oh, okay. And um, I started out with first jobs. I, I mean, I applied to teach because that's what I did. Um, I taught special education. And um, at first I didn't land a job there, so I was waitressing. And then the waitressing also evolved into a little bit of making desserts. And Where were you waitressing? I was down in Tryon, and it was called the Mimosa Inn. Oh, I remember then. the Mimosa Inn, mm -hmm. yes. And um, they were all northern folks, New York folks running that. But it was a good place to start out. Eventually, um, Herman Nodine and his wife, Jean, he was the Presbyterian minister here, found out that I had a, a teaching degree. And she it, it had to do with not applying at the main office, but knowing someone in the school system, I discovered. But very quickly, they offered me a job at Saluda School. And I taught sixth grade, and when they realized I actually had license for special education, they moved me into their special education program down at Mill Spring. Oh, okay. And I, I, I love teaching. It was great. I, you know, I, I think I probably learned far more than I ever taught those kids, but it was good. <laughs> well, it prepared you for uh, having your own family. It does that, and I don't mean it derogatory, but I think special education training helps you deal with people on a day-to-day -day basis. Oh, well, yeah, because it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you probably, uh, it dovetails probably with having to handle end-of-life, you know, <laughs> you know, with your parents. or, or That's uh, true, too. Well, patience. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of patience involved in that. But, um, yeah, I I taught, it was, it was wonderful, and I thought I would do that forever. And I met Betsy Burdett, 
and I hope she's on your list yeah, because Betsy I cannot think of a more amazing woman than Betsy and the things that she has done for this oh, community. Oh, yes, yeah, she, she'll be she, she's, Great. she's on my to-do list. Well, she Good. made it all happen, really. Um, I like to say that oh. for some reason, Betsy always hears the word go instead of no when somebody <laughs> says no because that just means go find another way to do it. Yeah. And she was, you know, just instrumental in, in us doing this. She knew folks at the old Mother Earth News. Oh, wow. Okay, so they did this thing where they had a farm um, way outside of town. Yeah, that's actually uh, in Etowah. Okay, where they were doing these uh, courses all summer long, and people came, and they would learn to do all these hippie things, you know. They, oh, yes, I remember seeing articles on oh, yeah, uh, composting. Com- and, yeah, like compostable uh, for your toilet. Right, and, and organic and gardening and... Making geodesic domes. All these and, new, which were considered just far out well, at Being the time. from Asheville, I remember seeing that. Right. Uh, you know, and seeing actually the publication. Well, they got things all going and had these scheduled and people signed up and all of a sudden it dawned on them. They're out there in the middle of nowhere. What do they do for lunch break? And... This was back in '79, and so yes, there wasn't uh, there any, wasn't anything out there then. Anybody that catered would have had you know ham salad on white bread, and that is not what these people were looking for. <laughs> so last minute, they contracted with Betsy to make food and bring it out there, and and she knew I was was Betsy uh, part of the uh, Mother Earth News things, or they no, just she said, just knew she had uh, a friend there, and oh, they okay. contacted her, and. She knew I was off for the summer, and so she asked me about it, and I said, okay, there was really not a bread on the market that we thought was worth serving, so we just decided, well, let's make our bread. So we did sandwiches and soup, and we would make cookies with ice cream and make them into sandwiches, and this is what we served. And we both had little guys. Betsy had two at the time, so we would put our guys in backpacks on our backs, and we would go serve food there and it would go for like a two-week period and then we'd have a little bit of time off so that's what we did that summer and Ken and Ann Huff from the Orchard Inn did you know them uh no I didn't know Ken and Ann but I did know the 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 people after them right well Ken and Ann uh it was was the old railroad house and they got it and basically made it into the Orchard Inn and they were very interested in all that type of approach and they were out there taking one of their classes, and they had the lunch, and they tracked us down. They said they loved the bread, and would we be willing to make bread for the inn when they opened if they made a little bakery area for us down in their basement and got the equipment in there, and that we could do anything else we wanted to and sell it, but you know, just make it for them. Oh, it's mainly uh, for uh, you got for them to uh, have access to fresh bread. That's right. But then, uh, since you had a, 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 a incubated kitchen, essentially, uh, that's uh, a business model of uh, of the future. It looked like. Well, it worked for us that way. Now we had some sort of misguided notions that you know. Betsy was weaving at the time. We thought, oh, we'll put our looms down there and we'll make bread and watch our children and, you know, play Sounds on our amazing. looms. Someday. Yeah, doesn't it sound perfect? <laughs> yeah. We were busy. It start, I mean, it was something people had missed, that kind of bread, you know. So our timing was just perfect. 
and we very soon had more than we knew how to handle as far as volume. Um, one of the first accounts that we landed was the fresh market. Wow. Yes, I know, surprising, right? But there wasn't a lot of people making this kind of bread yet. I mean, we, from the day we opened, we bought wheat and ground our own grains wow. and just really paid attention to what we were making. And so you also have to think back that this was not the average business format to have women. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, in the food service, we're waitresses and we're cashiers and sometimes we're even cooks. But owning the business was not what you saw very often. And I still think about how proud we were of getting in the fresh market. And so we went there one time, just kind of behind the scenes, just to see our bread on the shelf and, sure. you know, feel that kind of... It's like, we did that. Yes. And well, so and you should be proud. There were both of us, you know, babies in backpacks. And we walked in and we just happened to walk over there when the manager of that department was there. And a man walked up and said... I'm getting some more of this wildflower bread. It's fantastic. I love it. And the manager said, well, don't get too attached. It's just a couple of women with kids making it. They won't last long. And No. They said that to Betsy? Burnett? They said I that mean, to uh, a customer. I know, but I mean, she overheard. Uh, well, both of overheard can I that. tell you how proud we were of when we went in there? down the line of ways and found out that that manager was the one that was, that was gone, gone and we were still there <laughs> but yes i mean it it's not that long ago i mean 43 years maybe it seems long to younger folks but uh, luckily, women in business was well luckily new. i have an older yeah. sister that uh was she picked up on misogyny and a lot of uh, hurdles early in life. And so I've actually been educated on <laughs> on your dilemma for many, many years. And luckily, it's, for, it's not forced me, but it's enabled me to pretty much realize, you know, the, the plight that you guys have had to overcome. And uh, so, uh, you know, I've always laughed when, uh, when people are surprised that uh, what women do and I'm going, I had four women in my house, and you didn't ever tell them what to do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, and it was so I was very fortunate. So, that's that's wonderful how that that worked out. Well, there were uh, I, there were a lot of men that supported us and helped us, and my dad was amazing in helping me do this, and never critical of the fact that I had walked away from a college education and decided to do this bakery. Oh, apparently he realized that uh, being happy and doing your passion is much more important. I think important. so, yes. And he was, you know, he was excited and always giving me ideas and, and helping when we did renovations. And so was um, my husband and Betsy's husband, Alan. And um, Well, had your folks just visited or did they move here? They, uh, well, I had a bit of a following. My parents visited. Well, first my sister Karen came down and then she... Um, married a local boy, Blake Dixon. And then my parents came down. Now they're over near Silva. Yes. But they came down this way. Where do they live in, in Silva? Up Barker's Creek Road. Okay. I know yeah. that's why well, I went to Western way Carolina. Way at the top of the mountain on Barker's Creek Road. And they are both, they will be 93 this year. Oh my. Isn't that incredible? These are some strong independent people. But um, 
I guess that yeah, even an uncle then moved down too. From he, and he was up in DeKalb, Illinois, and he moved down, and he was, you know, a big help to me. And um, yeah, so I have a J.C. Thompson was a huge supporter when we started the bakery, and I don't think I would be where I am now without their help. But the biggest thing for me was the women, the women in this community, and. There's something about that. There's something about the fact that uh, they can be so supportive, that supportive when you need help, and yet they're to celebrate when you, you know, in the good times. Well, and it's wonderful not to have jealous-hearted folks around. Yeah. I don't know if every community is like that. No, they're not. I mean, I think about the fact that I'll tell people, you know, if, if we ran out of to-go boxes, or the Purple Onion ran out of spinach, or Melissa down at the Whistle Stop needed, you know, napkins. Kay and Carol Thompson, when they had Saluda Grade, and Melanie at Green River, we have all at different times just sent out an SOS, and there's never hesitation. You know, they send you what you need, they help you out with what needs to be done. Yeah, get it back to me when you, when you get a chance. You know, that kind of thing. Yes, and it's it's not even that. I don't even think they expect payback. It's just we're in it all together. And if we can support each other, we all move forward. And mm -hmm. I remember when we started and moved from the Orchard Inn downtown, there were boarded up buildings. There were probably as many empty spaces on Main Street as there were businesses. And then you saw it happen. You saw... Um, Laura Fields coming in, and Shelley and Barbara Seiler with Hartwood, and Melanie was down there, and first there was Teresa Wilkes, and then Lynn and Susan Casey doing the Purple Onion, and Phyllis Arrington opening her office, and Kathy McCreary with her business, and there was um, Ruth Anderson doing her newsletter and that sort of thing for the town, and uh, Susan McMasters opened up. When I got down to that corner, it was almost all women with businesses where well, I was. That's what I noticed when I started working here in 2003. Was And that's something that uh, I've been very fortunate to have relationships with a lot of the, uh, the ladies that you've uh, discussed. Yes. And that's why uh, I, need, I thought that this series would be very relevant to you know the story of what's happened and, and what has sustained Saluda during this time. Look at it. I mean, look at what we have downtown now. You know, it is... Thriving and yeah. it is very, very attractive. People come down and they just fall in love with this little community. And I think we owe a huge debt to the women that took that Built on. In. Right. They have. Yeah. And so you moved to uh, the location at the end of the block, uh, a little place where Chad Botner's photography studio is, from uh, when you outgrew the right. Orchard that Inn. Right. J.C. Thompson owned that building at that time. And um, as I said, he was just supportive. He helped us get in there and loved the fact that he would go out looking for all the things that he resold. He had just this hodgepodge of everything you could think of. Oh, he was a horse trader? Yes. And he would leave early in the morning. But I would start work between 3 and 4 a.m. And he loved that he got up and there were lights on over there and we were already you know, cranking out the bread. So he helped us in so, so many ways. And um, when we got a little too big for that location, 
we kept that storefront, but we did the production across the street in uh, where the uh, brass latch is now, the big red barn building in on the corner where yes. our shop is now. And so we produced over there and sent it out wholesale and over to the, the storefront. And at that time, we got to the point where we were, by hand, grinding the grains, mixing, kneading and, you know, uh, by hand, cutting the dough, kneading it, baking it, packaging it. And we were at 1,500 to 2,000 loaves a week going out. We served um, several of the fresh markets from Asheville down through Greenville. We did Harris Teeter stores. We did uh, Ingalls, IGA, Earth Fair. Wow. That is a lot. Are they still doing any of that over there? We are only at that location. The cafe has expanded into a busy lunch and breakfast with pizza two nights a week. Yeah. Um, And so, again, it was perfect timing. About that time, I began to feel like physically... You know, the 50-pound bags of wheat and flour and the 80-pound batches of dough were just more than I wanted to be dealing with. Yeah. Um, and so we started focusing on the cafe part of the business. Yeah. The timing, again, was great. And that so was that just sort of organically happen? Uh, it did. It was very organic. But did, yeah, but, but you guys, yeah. but you already had the experience of serving lunches at we were doing at, it. at Mother of News, and so that actually was a huge leap, was it? Right. It just meant, and we were we were offering that sort of thing, but a very limited amount, and so we expanded the menu and expanded the hours for it, and it was smooth. Wow, that's yeah. uh, that's quite a story. Now, you're presently working there, but you've handed the reins over to a couple of young men. I have to a couple of very special people. For me, my youngest son of my five kids, and uh, Casey, who has been part of our family basically since he was eight or nine. And so those two... In fact, I thought Casey was one of your children. I know. Most people do. I mean, because I had met all your children. I'd met, you know, two or three of them. And I knew you had, what, five? I have five altogether. One girl in there. And I thought, (laughs) you know, Molly. I I met Molly when I first worked at the early 2000s. And, uh, but I thought, I just thought that Casey was, you know, one day I asked, you know, when I moved back to town uh, 10 years ago and... And Simon said, well, he's pretty much one of ours. Yes, yeah, he and Simon have been buddies (laughs) since they were young. But, yeah, Abram and Casey and, you know, people ask about, well, how do you like retirement? And it's sort of retirement. I am still still baking, so maybe I just made it easy on myself because it wasn't this huge cutoff from doing what I'd been doing. But it was lovely to go from... 80 hours a week to 40 hours a week. Oh, yes. I love it, yes. You're still well, doing 40 also, hours a week. Well, and also, the, the but the the stress of, you know, that you don't really think about, uh, you know, I've retired here in the last few months, and when I used to wake up in the middle of the night thinking, oh, uh, did I do this, or I need to do this, or do that. And, yes. And you don't realize until you step away from that that uh, how much mental strain or 
is is on you. It's true. It's true. And yeah. And you get to focus all your energy and creative part on. I mean, I just feel like I am doing more and learning more and creating better things than I've ever done before because I'm not so distracted with all the other things. And for me, the most wonderful part is. Abram and Casey are so good at what they're doing. I have no, you know, uh, regrets. Reservations, like, anything. Right. I, I respect what their choices 100%. I mean, they just seem to have a feel for the business. They have great ideas. It's fun watching well, uh, them take and, it and, over. Yeah. And, and, the, and the thing about, yeah, when you're you know, forging your own path, you're going to have some hiccups, but you're going to have some home runs too. And if you don't try to evolve and try to do things like that, uh, then you become stale and, and uh, somebody else will pass you by. And, and you also, you might get bored. That's so true. And, you know, I'm old school in so many things. I'm learning new things, watching things I didn't know were out there. So, Ms. Thomas, what do you think is next uh, for you personally? I am working on just enjoying some of the things I didn't venture out there and do when I was so focused on keeping the business going and spending almost all my time there. I've done a little bit of traveling, oh, which good. is fun, and I look forward to doing that. I've been doing a lot of hiking. I don't know why I waited this long to <laughs> find out how wonderful that is, but... Um, yeah, I just, uh, and watching, you know, my family and now my grandkids growing up and, and spending more time with them. We actually are into third generation at the bakery. My granddaughter is there and has been for a few years. Wow. Incredibly talented cake decorator. Wow, that's um, not easy. And I, I've got people, we hired someone this week whose mother had worked for me, and there was another girl there whose so mother the cycle of life second is generation of staff but staff has been one of the most wonderful things for me the people that I have met in the amount of time we, I've had everyone working for me from exotic dancers to a Baptist minister I mean <laughs> it has been eye opening entertaining wow. fun I have learned so much from other folks so yeah, I, I hope as long as it's fun for me and I am capable that I'll get to keep baking for a while. But I want to I experience some other things that I haven't done. So you'll eventually maybe cut down to oh, yes. 30 I, I'm or fading. to 20? I'm fading, I think. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Just, yes, yes. As long as you don't fade fine. to black. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's the plan and it's... It's my style not to do something rash, but to sort of back out of it a little bit at a time. It's really working great. That's fantastic. All right, well, I think it's time for our weekly Yak Attack. Alright guys, so we are here with Olivia and Simon, who are going to be, those two are going to be our Jane and Michael Banks and Mary Poppins, which is so exciting. Um, Olivia and Simon have both been 
in a few shows with us. Um, Olivia, tell us what shows you've done. I have done Wizard of Oz, Sound of Music, and the first Scrooge play. And which was your favorite so far? Um, I honestly think the first Scrooge play was my favorite. Was your favorite? Mm-hmm. Really? Why did you like that one so good? Um, I don't know. It was just a lot of fun. Good. Well, we hope that Mary Poppins is going to be that fun. And what about you? What have you been in? I've been in Sound of Music and Wizard of Oz. And what was your favorite of those two? Um, probably Wizard of Oz because I had a bigger role. Yeah. Well, you're going to have a huge role in Mary Poppins. And um, it's going to be super fun. You should have heard. Simon, can you give us a little taste of your British accent? Um, (laughs) sure. Okay, what do you want to say? Uh, what should I say? Um, say... Uh, Mary Poppins, you're practically perfect. Mary Poppins, you're practically perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. What about you? Give it a shot. I haven't really practiced at all. No, oh, just come on. Give us whatever you can come up with. I actually don't know how to. Really? Mm-mm. Mary Poppins, you're practically perfect. Exaggerate the R's and the P's. <laughs> All right, do it in a redneck accent. Is that derogatory? Should I have not said that? <laughs> so you, sometimes my voice cracks into a southern accent. Mary Poppins, <laughs> you're practically perfect. God. That was not good. Um, so we had a lot of fun on Tuesday, which Olivia missed, unfortunately. Yeah. But it really was fun. We did from page 49 to the end. Yeah. Nice. We did. We started at the supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Man, that's going to be hard for you guys to spell. You're going to have to spell it too, dude. Well, I'm going to have to do a lot less than you. S-U-P-E-R-C-A-L-I-F-R-U-P-I-L-I-S-T-I-C-E-X-P-I-A-L-I-O-E-C-I-O-U-S. I messed that up somewhere. But you have to, we have to learn that, and we have to learn sign language. I'm not Huge doing that. sign language motions for every letter. I can't do that. Oh, you're doing it. Oh, no. Oh, you're doing it. Oh, no. <laughs> it's going to be a good time, folks. And um, we are still, I think, looking for a Mr. Banks. So if any of you guys out there in the world know someone that would make the perfect Mr. Banks, My dad that would be should awesome. do it, but he said he wouldn't. He Aww. said he wouldn't. We've already got your mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and As Mr. Banks is a singing role, but it's easy songs. His songs are all just like precision and order. Mm. That's all I ask. The running of a household, the straightforward task. I mean, it's the same tune for every yeah. song for the whole thing. My got the wrong role. No. She, for her character, she her got the role. Her role is amazing. Well, What'd she get? She got Miss Andrews, the, the evil one. old, um, what do they call her? Nanny? The, no, 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 the, um... Holy Terror. The Holy Terror. <laughs> the Holy Terror. Oh, gosh. Wow, guys. It's going to be fun. you sound like Harry Potter, honestly. Harry Potter. <laughs> gosh. Hell is ceramic. That's what you got to do. you got to listen to some Harry Potter. Yeah. Nick's going to coach us all. At the beginning of every um, rehearsal, we're going to do, like, vocal warm-ups. So he'll say something in a British accent, like a few... Repeat like a sentence, and we of? have to repeat after him, and oh, that'll it'll be, be easy. like five minutes. For you, it's easy, and for me, I every time I read Nora a book, I read it in a British accent for some reason. Why? It's just I don't know. And then the prince like and princess lived happily ever after. Yep, exactly. <laughs> 
Well, I change them up for the character. I do the British accent is always the narrator. And then anytime it's like someone saying something, sometimes it's like country. Sometimes it's like Russian. It's always ever changing. My Hello, book. guys. This is the princess. <laughs> That's good too. And this here is Mrs. Poppins. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we're going to get back to our interview with Debbie here in just a second. Thanks, kids. Bye. Bye. All right, so um, we've got a couple of really cool things coming up with Yak. Um, well, everyone knows, I think, by now that we've got Mary Poppins on the horizon, which is really fun. And um, John Case, who's a is he a little local? No, he's not a local, but no, he does. He's, he, does he's he from have California, a, and California. Arizona. Wow. Okay. So he um, connected Corinne with this musician over in London. Correct. Correct me if I'm wrong through yes. any of this. Um, who they they wrote a song and they produced a music video and it's called Our Only World and it's an you can look it up on um, YouTube. It's an ecological uh, focused uh, about the the pollution in the oceans mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful song, really catchy tune. And so the the children's chorus that they found over there, they sing the whole thing, they act it out, it kind of moves around, and so they've. Um, agreed to, they're transposing the lyrics to fit the mountains and the rivers and the streams and the waterfalls and things. And they've chosen us, hopefully, if we can get enough kids to do it, because I think there's 30 that they used for that original video. So our Yak kids are going to be in this video. They're going to sing it. It's going to be fully produced by a professional and it's camera through, crew. And it's through the BBC, actually. Yeah, yeah, which is very super cool. So tonight is the very first night that we're starting the rehearsals for that, which are really cool. They're going to be, I mean, some of the kids already know the song. They love it. Um, so we're thrilled about that. And we've also got um, the adult group that's been meeting on Tuesday nights. We had a really awesome new person show up, um, a man, which is fabulous. <laughs> oh, yeah. Corinne so we told me that he got yeah. up and sang three songs a cappella. Oh, he's amazing. He's and, been in Mary Poppins. He loves it. He's a flight attendant, so he's, his schedule is really flexible. He's such a great fit. We were thrilled, and he's going to... Um, Hopefully be Bert for Mary Poppins. Oh, that sounds great. I know. I'm so excited. Um, and so as everyone, I think you probably all know that we meet every single Tuesday night at 530. And um, audience that is listening, if you know anyone that wants to come um, or you want to come and be a part of the theater, you just come on down and, and we'll be here. that's the adult group. That's the adult group. Um, we're also looking for someone to be Richard Rutherford's Sound and Light Apprentice. He wants to teach somebody all of his skills. And now he came from L.A. He was he was like one of the directors for the Sound and Lights with the Grammys and the Oscars for years. And he we've got a state-of-the-art sound and light equipment here. So, I mean, it's just been amazing what these volunteers have done to this building. Um, and I think that's about it for the theater. Did we miss anything? Mm, nope. nope. Not that I'm... Okay. There's going to be something about Halloween, but we can talk about that in the future. Oh, yeah. We'll figure out the Halloween thing later on. Um, 
So yeah, so on that note, um, we're going to start to wrap things up here. Um, Debbie, thank you so much for coming on the show. This You're is amazing. Welcome. You're such an inspiration. It was easy, and I enjoyed it. Good. Thank you. Make yeah. it easy. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Well, and I learned uh, some little nuggets about <laughs> your life that I didn't know, and uh, which is always one of the reasons I like uh, interviewing folks. And uh, I mean, I'm known of you for since I've been coming in 2000 but uh, through the years we've got to know you a little bit but uh, uh, this uh, has really uh, opened my eyes about some other things thanks I've, I've enjoyed it and you know anytime I can brag about Saluda it's just there's I really appreciate and I feel so lucky that I ended up here and have gotten to do well I used to tell my children when they were growing up you know do what you love and love what you do yes. don't ever settle for a job that you go in and you do your 40 hours a week or whatever it is just so that you can have your weekend yeah. or your week or two off per year that's it's a huge part of your life try to find something where you enjoy all of that yeah and I was lucky enough to to fall right into something that I I'm passionate about and still enjoy. And you're so good time. at it. I really do enjoy it. And it's not easy, baking. But it's like the one thing I can't do. Well, it's precise. I, and I think you know, maybe it's because I'm always chef. like, it doesn't seem like enough. i got to throw a little more in there. <laughs> my son's a chef, and he says the only time that he really, really is precise. He says, is you got to baking, you've got to be precise. Baking is, <laughs> yes, not the same as cooking, no, and I no. don't claim to be a chef. I'm a baker, yeah. and there is a difference. Well, he's like like you. He's pretty much self-taught. He's been cooking since he was 19, and he's 38. So I consider him a chef because he can handle any about cuisine, any kind of sauce, any kind of thing that anybody throws at him. And so, I think we need to be more respectful of people who are self-taught. I had a girl work for me, uh, and she went on to the culinary school in New York. Wow. And I heard back from her several times. She said, if I had not had that year working in Saluda with all of you, I would have given up on this. Because she said, there is nothing like the sort of camaraderie and support and um, joy that I experienced working in Saluda at the bakery. This was cutthroat and... Mm. You know, she said, I would not have made myself stay and go through this if I didn't know it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. Wow. Nice. That's yeah. a nice compliment. It was. It was. Well, Debbie, again, thanks, thanks for uh, coming to uh, share your story with us. And Ash, you want to wrap up? Yeah, th thank you so much. Thanks again. You're welcome. And um, on that note, guys, we will see you next time. Tomorrow. Love me only If I worked my hands in wood Would you still love me? Answer me, baby, yes I would I'd put you above me Would you miss your colored box? Your soft shoe is shining. Save my life for loneliness. Save my love for 
Would you have my baby? 